0: Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Zealand Teaching Podcast. We are a local church in Zealand, Michigan, and we desire to know Christ and to make Him known. We invite you into the same journey with us now as we open the scriptures and as we ask God to teach us and reveal Himself to us in His Word. Thanks for stopping by. I became aware this week of a prayer request uh, many of you know our brother and sister, sister Leo and Joan Gordillo. Uh, their son and daughter-in-law and grandchildren, uh, Ted and Tiziana, uh, live in Ecuador. Uh, the situation in Ecuador has become very unstable. Um, they were subsidizing the price of gasoline, they decided to stop subsidizing it, and riots have broken out, and uh, government buildings are being burned, and there's widespread civil unrest. And so. Um, as we begin this morning, I'd like to pray for Ted and Tiziana and their family that the Lord's hand of protection might be upon them, and that He might uh, restore um, stability there in Ecuador. So let's let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Ted and Tiziana and their family and their faithful labors to be witnesses for you in Ecuador and. Lord, we pray regarding the situation there, the widespread civil unrest, we pray that you might calm troubled spirits, that you might bring about a resolution to the problem, that your hand of protection might be upon Ted and T.C.N. and their family. We just commit that whole situation into your hands. We pray in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, as we... um, begin to think about the turning to the Lord's word this morning. Um, I have a question to start out with and that is how many of you uh, somewhere in your closet or some other place at home have the game Monopoly? Please raise your hand. Okay, I see that most of you do. Uh, this is true for Christy and I also. We have, a, we have a Monopoly game in our closet, and so this week I, I went to the closet, I got out Monopoly, I took all of the 500 bills out of the Monopoly game, and I brought them here to the church office and I took an 8 and a half by 11 sheet of paper and I found out that I could put 10 $500 bills on one 8 and a half by 11 sheet of paper. And so, so I did that and then I made about a dozen copies and I, and I cut those up and uh, as a result I now have face value, about $60,000 in what is not only fake money but is fake, fake money and um, and so I have a I have a limited time offer this morning any of you who owns a vehicle that you drove to church this morning if you would like to sell me your vehicle today right now for about sixty thousand dollars in fake fake money please raise your hand okay if anybody raised their hand I would wonder what kinda car they drove today Uh, but uh, but I didn't get any takers Why didn't anybody want to sell their car for $60,000 in real paper, real numbers on the paper? Uh, Why didn't they want to do it? It's fake. It's not worth anything. And just as we have fake money that's not worth anything, the passage that we're looking at this morning talks about false teaching. And false teaching also is not worth anything. And so if you would like to open in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4. So now you notice I said 1 John. We've been doing a series in the epistles of John, the letters of John. This is the first letter of John. So this isn't the gospel of John. This isn't Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. This is the epistle of John, 1 John. And if you'd like to open to 1 John chapter 4. And I would like to read verses 1 to 6 in your hearing. So please stand together for the reading of God's Word. First John chapter 4, verses 1 to 6 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world... By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak as of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He who knows God hears us. He who is not of God does not hear us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we look into your word this morning, I pray that you would guide my words. I pray that your Holy Spirit would enlighten our minds and our hearts, that we would receive the truth you have for us, and that we would go out of here today more like your Son, Jesus Christ, because of your word working in our hearts. I ask in his name, amen. You may be seated. Well, we saw that verse 1 says to us, many false prophets have gone out into the world. And I wish that John didn't have to tell us this. I wish I could say to you, hey, you know, as you go out into the world, as as you hear ideas, just go ahead and uncritically accept them. Um, Because, you know, everybody basically means well. And... um, And the ideas they share, they'll probably be okay. But unfortunately, I can't tell you that because as you go out into the world, there's a whole lot of ideas that you're going to be presented with. And not all of those ideas come from people who mean well. And even if the person means well, they can present a really bad idea. And so those ideas can be very, very dangerous. And so I have to say, you have to be very, very careful about the ideas that you're presented with in day-to-day life. And I'm not even just saying that we have to be careful of ideas. The world is a dangerous place because of a spiritual conflict. And so it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit. It doesn't say don't believe every idea. It says don't believe every spirit, but test the spirit's whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And so uh, we are involved in a spiritual conflict. We have the Holy Spirit who is active in the world, and he's convicting the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. And as believers come to God's word and we read the word, he works in our hearts to illuminate our minds, to help us understand the word. And uh, so we have the Holy Spirit. But we also have evil spirits that are active in the world. And they want to deceive and they want to destroy. And they are working. They are spreading ideas. And we need to be careful that we can discern those ideas that we receive from the Holy Spirit. From those ideas that come from evil spirits. And as we're thinking about these ideas that are in the world, the major battleground of ideas concerns who is Jesus Christ? And so in verse 2 it says, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And so the devil... And his fallen angels are liars. And in order to deceive us and destroy us, they want to lie to us about who Jesus is. Now, actually, they're liars. Satan is a liar. He's the father of lies. So they'd like to lie to us about pretty much everything. But there's one thing they're more interested in lying about than anything else. And that's, who is Jesus? Because you can know the truth about mathematics, and you can know the truth about physics, and you can know the truth about medicine, and you can know the truth about astronomy, and you can know the truth about everything except who Jesus is. And if that happens, you're eternally lost. Or you can be mixed up about most things. And if you know the truth about Jesus, you're saved. For all of eternity. And so they'd like to lie to you about everything, but they're going to lie to you most of all about who is Jesus. And in the letter that John writes here, John warns us about three main deceptions related to Jesus. And the first of those deceptions he talks about in verse 3. He says, every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And so one of the things that the devil would like to lie to you about is he would like to tell you that Jesus never became a human. He'll say to you, you know, Jesus, he was God, but... He just disguised himself as a man. He looked like a man while he walked upon the earth, but he was never really fully a human the same way you are. And the reason he wants you to believe that is because Jesus cannot save you if Jesus is not a man. Jesus, as he came as a man, he did all of the things that we as human beings needed to do and were not able to do. And so he gave God the perfect obedience that God deserves from all of us. And then he went beyond that because Jesus paid the death that a human being owes God for disobeying God. And so our capital crime against God for disobeying him because all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Jesus paid a human death for the human death that we owed as he went to the cross. And so if you keep your finger in First John, but turn to First Timothy chapter 2. And in 1 Timothy chapter 2, if you look at verses 5 and 6, God's word says to us, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time so Jesus Christ had to be a man in order to pay our ransom, in order to mediate before God for us. Still keeping your finger in 1 John, turn to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, we want to look at verses 18 and 19. It says, Therefore, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation, even so through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience many were made righteous. And so if Jesus was not human, he could not pay our debt, but he was. And so don't be deceived if someone says, well, you know, Jesus is God, but he just pretended to be a man. You have to know Jesus is a man. The second truth that the devil wants to lie to us about is found in chapter 4, verse 15 of 1 John It says, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. And so his first lie is Jesus is God, but he's not a man. His second lie is Jesus is man, but he's not God. Jesus is the Son of God, he is God in the same sense as God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. For all eternity past, Jesus existed as God. And then in the fullness of time, he also became a man. And so uh, John, who wrote this letter, also wrote his gospel. And if you'd like to keep a finger in 1 John and turn back to the gospel of John chapter 1, You can see in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1, that John, speaking about Jesus, says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. And then, if you turn over a few pages in the Gospel of John to John chapter 8 and verse 58, we have Jesus speaking. And Jesus said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And as Jesus is speaking there, he's quoting from Exodus 3.14, where Moses says, well, God, who should I tell the children of Israel that you are? And God says to Abraham, I am that I am. You shall tell the children of Israel that I am has sent me to you. And so Jesus is identifying himself as God. And so Jesus is both fully human And fully God. And the reason this is significant is he needs to be human in order to pay our human debt. He needs to be God in order to pay our infinite debt. Because um, this is, of course, absolutely ridiculous, but let's imagine I was sinless. And I wanted to pay for Sandy's debt. And so I would go to God and say, hey, I want to pay Sandy's debt. You know, I'm sinless. She's not. And so uh, God then says, okay. Um, And I began to pay Sandy's debt. And I uh, am cast into the lake of fire on her behalf. And I'm there for 10 million years. And say, well, you know, God, do I have the debt paid off yet? No. Another 10 million years, do I have the debt paid off yet? No. 10 billion years, have I paid off the debt yet? No. Ten trillion years, have I paid off the debt yet? No. It's an infinite debt, a debt I could never finish paying as a finite human being. But Jesus Christ, as a human, but also as God, as he hung on the cross, was able to take the debt of every single human being who has ever existed, and every single human being who ever will exist. And in that time, while he was hanging on the cross, he was able to pay our debt in full, a debt that we could never pay throughout all of eternity in the lake of fire because of who he is. And so Jesus Christ, as a man, is able to pay our debt, as God is able to pay our infinite debt. And so we trust in the God-man, Jesus Christ. And the third truth that the devil likes to deny is found in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 22. 1 John 2:22 Who is a liar but he who denies Jesus is the Christ he is antichrist who denies the father and the son. And so, up to now, we've been talking about how the devil likes to deny the nature of Jesus Christ. He likes to tell you he's not human. He likes to tell you he's not God. But in this case, he likes to deny the office of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Christ. Uh, That's a Greek word that is talking about a Hebrew word. Jesus is the Messiah, and the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, among many other things, is anointed to be the king. And so this means that Jesus is not only our savior. It means that Jesus is our Lord. And so the devil will try to tell you that, uh, isn't it wonderful that you have put your faith In Jesus Christ as your Savior. And now you have a get out of jail free card. You have fire insurance. You can go do whatever you want and have no consequences. And so uh, go out because Jesus died so you could sin. And that's not why He came. He's the King. He died not to free us to sin. He died to free us from sin. Now it's true that none of us are perfectly sanctified yet and we continue to fall into sin. But it's God's desire that we should not live in sin, that we should not take up residence there and be at home. 1 John chapter 5, in verse 3. It says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. And so when we put our faith in Jesus Christ we receive a changed heart and his Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. And he gives us a new ability we never had before. The ability to do things God wants us to do. Before we could sin, we could sin this way, we could sin that way, we could sin another way. But we were slaves of sin. And now we've been set free from sin. And we have the ability to do things that are pleasing to God. And Jesus Christ is our Lord. He's the King. We want to serve him out of love for what he's done for us. And so we are now free, not to sin, but free to serve Jesus. And so keeping your fingers in First John again, if you'd like to change... Uh, Turn over to Romans chapter 6. And in Romans chapter 6, I'd like to read verses 15 through 22. It says, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey? You are that one's slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves to uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God... You have your fruit to holiness and the end, everlasting life. So Satan will try to tell you, you know, Jesus, he's not a man. He'll try to tell you, Jesus, he's not God. He'll try to tell you, yeah, you know, Jesus, he saved you. Now you can forget all about him and do whatever you want. But he's our Lord and we want to serve him. Now these deceptive forces that are in the world lying about Jesus are paving the way for the Antichrist. So back in 1 John chapter 4, verse 3, it says, And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. The time is coming when Satan is going to raise up a human leader in order to lead wicked human beings in rebellion against God, united together. The united human rebellion against God that God stopped at the Tower of Babel is someday going to take place, and all of humanity that has not put their faith in Jesus Christ is going to unite in open rebellion against God. And he's raising up the Antichrist to lead people in that rebellion. And so the Antichrist is called the lawless one in the book of 2 Thessalonians. Once again, keeping your finger in 1 John, if you'd like to turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And I'd like to read verses 1 to 4 and verses 7 to 10. It says, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And then verses 7 to 10. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work, Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the workings of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders and with all unrighteousness and all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of truth. That they might be saved. And John also refers to the Antichrist as the beast in the book of Revelation. And so, if you'd like to continue to keep your finger in 1 Thessalonians and turn over to Revelation chapter 13. And in Revelation 13, I'd like to read verses 1 through 10. It says then i stood on the sand of the sea and i saw a beast rising up out of the sea having seven heads and ten horns and on his horns ten crowns and on his heads a blasphemous name now the beast which i saw was like a leopard his feet were like the feet of a bear and his mouth like the mouth of a lion the dragon gave him his power his throne and great authority And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world marveled and followed the beast. So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and he was given authority to continue for forty-two months. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and those who dwell in heaven. It was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life and of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with a sword must be killed with a sword. Here is the patience and faith of the saints. And so 1 John 4.3 again says that this is the spirit of Antichrist which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. And so the spirit that will stand behind the Antichrist during his final rebellion against God is now already active in the world, going around lying about who Jesus is. Now some of the things I've shared so far can sound kind of scary. Talking about the devil and evil spirits and the Antichrist and... um, Remember one time when I was a kid, I turned on my radio in the evening and there was a pastor reading from the book of Revelation, and after I listened about five minutes, I turned it off and couldn't sleep the rest of the night. So scary. But first John four four tells us something more. It says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And so I mentioned earlier that when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, his Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. And the infinite power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us is infinitely greater than the power of the devil and all of his angels put together. And we have nothing to fear from them. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we have overcome them and so still in first john chapter 5 verses 4 and 5 it says for whatever is born of god overcomes the world and this is the victory that has overcome the world our faith who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that jesus is the son of god And so when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, the true Jesus Christ, God the Son become a man, risen, the living Messiah, then we have victory over the evil one and all of his forces. And nothing can now snatch us out of his hand. Nothing can snatch us out of the Father's hand. And so, having overcome, we enjoy the seven promises to overcomers from the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, chapter 2. Promise number one in verse 7. He who has an ear... Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Verse 11 He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Verse 17. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows, except him who receives it. Verses 26 to 29. And he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessels. As I have received from my Father, and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Verses 12 and 13. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And then verses 21 and 22. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my Father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And so to conclude, don't accept fake money and don't accept false doctrine. Jesus Christ is fully human. Jesus Christ is fully God. Jesus Christ is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the King. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is worthy of our love. He is worthy of our obedience. Evil forces exist, but we are safe in the hands of Jesus Christ. We will eat of the tree of life. We are free from the second death. We have a new name from God. We will reign with Jesus. We will have our name confessed before God the Father in heaven. We will sit with Jesus on his throne. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit and that he speaks to the truth to our hearts. We thank you for your word that you've written it all down for us so that we can read and remind ourselves of what is really true. We thank you that though the forces of the evil one may gather and all of humanity may join them and go in rebellion against you that those of us who trust in you are safe in your hands. And so, Lord, we pray that you would be glorified through us, that we would be encouraged, that we would walk with you. I ask in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope that what you heard inspires you to take the next step in your faith. If you have questions about this message or would like more information about our church, we invite you to check us out at fbczealand.org or call us at 616-772-4377.